And now a message from our sponsor. Hey everybody, it's Bootleg Captain, Captain Bootlegs here. Yeah. If you're like me, I bet you're enjoying this Toys, Toys on, on Tap, Tap podcast. Yeah, I am enjoying it, it's very nice. But did you know you can enjoy it more just by joining that Patreon? Oh, I did not know that. There are so many cool perks available on the Patreon for you. There's and also and Wow, that's really a lot of stuff if you ask Bootleg Captain. Captain I don't bootleg. understand. There were noises I couldn't hear with the person. So join today to support Toys on Tap podcast and Bootleg Art Toys. But if you're not in a position to join the Patreon, head on over to Apple iTunes and review and subscribe. That helps out the channel as well. Okay, I'll go rate it, I guess. And remember, listen to Toys, Toys on, on Tap. Captain Bootleg, the bootleg captain sent you. Why does he keep referring to himself in the third Can person? I stop with the stupid voice now? I'm not sure why you made me want to sound like a pirate. Oh, so that was a fake voice. Oh, yucko! I didn't realize it was just pretend voice. Oh, okay. Good morning. Good morning, man. How are you? Good, good. I'm, did it work out on your phone? Yes, I'm trying to see if there's a way to show you video too. Oh, there you go. My man. Love it, love it. Oh, and you, is that one of your shirts? Yes, it is. Yeah. It's seen better days, but it's the, uh, let's see if I can get this though. Hold in the right position here. Oh, that's that shirt is so good. I don't know, I don't know why this is off to this angle. That's strange, but yeah. <laughs> I love, and yeah, you do all your shirts through T Public, right? Yes. I love yeah, that. so um, Al Jedi Knight, uh, he's in Chile. Um, he does all the designs. He does like that retro TMNT card back style mm-hmm. artwork. Looks so great. So that's, I usually just shoot him ideas and he's a very talented artist. Yeah. I'm excited to have you on the podcast. You're you said uh, you were a little new to the toy scene. As far as like bootleg toys, yeah. yeah. Um, I have tried a little bit to like come up with ideas. Like I did a Don DeLorean, which is like a Star Wars Mandalorian mashup. Yep. Um, with turtles, you know. So I did that one, and I haven't really completed it yet. I'm still kind of just like boggled by the idea of doing resin casting i do have a pressure pot that i got from harbor freight converted it you know uh, started making steps towards it but i haven't you know followed through with any of the production stuff yet nice i well i hope you get going this is toys on tap if you haven't listened this is what we do here we interview toy artists so i'm excited that you're on uh before we get any further do you want to introduce yourself yeah, hi, my name is Dave. Um, originally from Michigan. I live in New Orleans now. Um, I do giant versions of Ninja Turtles. Um, my name on Instagram is Dimension X Toys. I love that. We're for sure going to dive straight into Ninja Turtles. I feel like that is a good descriptor of your Instagram. It's just Ninja Turtles after Ninja Turtles. It's beautiful. Yeah, I love it. Um, you know, grew up with it. You know, I was, you know, grew up in the early 90s. So I actually had some of the later variants of the turtles. My, between me and my brothers, we probably had, shoot, at least a couple hundred Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Technodrome, sewer, all that stuff. But sadly, gave it all away. Um, started recollecting in 2015. What, like, how did you, so early childhood, what was the fixation on Ninja Turtles? Why, why that one? So I just remember getting them for birthdays, whatever, you know, I remember watching the cartoon. Um, I think my, one of my earliest memories was having like Panda Con figure from the turtle line, uh, like in like the backseat of my mom's car. I'm sitting there like, just like holding it. Like I can remember that's one of my first memories that I can even think of is just the joy I got from these toys. So, I mean, between there all the way into like, whenever they, the turtles kind of died off in like the late nineties, you know, they kind of stopped producing less and less. And of course, you get older, you go into other things, but, uh, you know, they'll always have a special place in my heart for turtles, for sure. Um, and that's like the main thing I had growing up. I had G.I. Joe's, I had Legos, but I definitely should have saved my turtle stuff. That was a big mistake. Yeah. So did you, when you had all these turtles, did you have like the vehicles as well? The like turtle communicator, all those things? Yeah, I had lots of random stuff. I, I mean, if I think back, I could probably, I definitely had like the turtle van and a lot of the wacky vehicles that they made in the 90s. Um, all that sort of stuff um, to me was like, you know, it was like gold there for a while. I mean, I remember like 
taken and I used to be able to find all the pieces or I dig through like all these boxes and find all the pieces so I could put them back together, you know, and put them back to like how they originally were because sometimes you'd lose stuff or whatever. But overall, I mean, all the turtle stuff as a kid, like that, it's just like, that's like pure nostalgia for me. Yeah. As you get older, like from that love of turtles, at what point did you transition away from toys and just say like, oh, I'm kind of done with all this stuff? Probably going to like middle school, high school. I mean, you still have them laying around and they're just, you know, you move on to different things. You, you do sports, you play outside, whatever, you know, you just kind of, I just kind of lost interest in action figures at a certain point, like most people do. And, uh, but I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what it was. I think it was in 2015, my brother got me a repop Leonardo figure and it just sort of sparked my interest. I had just had a ladder injury at work. So I was, I got on eBay and I just started looking for whatever, you know, I was just sitting there on bed rest, you know, looking up old figures. And I started realizing a lot of people had huge lots of these and they were actually semi-affordable back then before like the toys that made us came out or even like uh, the pandemic itself. I feel like everybody started collecting. So I, I luckily collected before the bulge in pricing, you know? Mm -hmm. When you got that first, like, look into it, was it an immediate, like, rebuying of all your old ones that you had? Some of it, yeah. Like, there were certain figures, like, like that PandaCon, or I think Ray Filet I never had as a kid, but I always wanted that one. Um, but I got on, it was like a TMNT archive website that they have, and some guys, like, they can put, like, every single thing that ever was in chronological order from, like, 88 to like 97 was like the, the general area I was interested in because that's what I grew up with. So I got on and just started looking at all the different collections from different, uh, like say 89, they had a line of regular figures, you know, and a lot of these figures in the earlier years, I didn't really have growing up or I had like the, the newer variants of them. Like I had the blue warrior chrome dome instead of the regular chrome dome or like uh, the metalhead, I had the Mikey metalhead growing up rather than the regular metalhead. So like I had all the later like run variants that they made that are actually quite valuable now. I wish I still had them, but they all went to like younger cousins in charity. So, but I was probably, I'd probably sitting on a pretty penny worth of turtles if I still had all the stuff I had as a kid. Yeah. The thing that I've uh, been most interested in lately, as I look at like, somehow I found myself in all these like Facebook groups. And there's a lot of Ninja Turtle collector ones and they collect the the miniature ones. And I didn't know that was such a big thing. Yeah, I, I had a few of those as a kid. I mean, that was never really my like focus, but uh, you know, like as I started getting into like the 3D printing stuff, like that became an option, you know, I could take and shrink it down and print it smaller size, or I could take and print it bigger size which is i mean kind of what i've known for on instagram it's just printing like the giant turtles so i mean i mean the the collecting thing like it's crazy like there's such a huge collector base on instagram specifically like the turtle community on instagram is huge like there's i've never seen more people on any other social media platform maybe facebook is comparable but i don't spend a lot of time on facebook but yeah the collectors are out there and everybody like wants this stuff that they once had yeah, I have uh, so many, like, it'll come in every week or so where I'll get like six or seven new followers and it's like TMNT collectors or TMNT archive. It's like some variation of that name. And it's like, man, I don't know if you're going to love this podcast. I don't cover that that often. Yeah, I mean, just thinking about it, like some of the other groups that sort of sparked my interest also is like the TMNT customizer uh, groups and stuff like that, because that kind of delves more into the world of bootleg toys. You know what I mean? Um, as far as uh, like people just getting creative with different ideas and mashing up different toy lines together to make something new and interesting. And that's sort of the stuff that's really interested me. And that's kind of why I even wanted to get a 3D printer in the first place. It's just because I could see the endless possibilities of what you can make. Um, like that TMNT customizers group, that's quite a great group. Um, people doing interesting things, repainting figures, you know, coming up with new ideas, new extremities to add on the figure or anything like that, you know? Yeah. What was the, so you said you had an injury and you started looking at all these um, different toys and stuff. And I'm assuming you start buying more and more. Where did that jump come in between just buying and then realizing, oh, I can make these on a 3D printer? What's that jump? 
Okay, so originally when I started this Instagram, I think it was either 20, 2015, I think it was around the same time. Um, I was just posting photographs of some of these vintage figures that I recollected. And that was kind of how I started my Instagram, was just kind of sharing my collection. And I was still like hunting down figures I never had. And I was, you know, making trades with people or, or finding big lots on eBay or shopgoodwill.com and, and finding ways just to like pick up some of these things. And I kind of left it alone after a while i actually stopped posting for a while i think i went dormant on instagram for about a year or so and then i think maybe even even more than a year i think up comes the pandemic and i start you know getting more and more on my phone and looking on instagram and i start seeing more and more custom bootleg toys and and different custom turtles figures like uh collector dibs on instagram that started doing like some of the never made figures like the night mike or the uh, there's like a, I'm trying to think of all the ones he has. He's done a lot of the figures that were never made, like the, like the battle cat for, there was like a forgotten sewers line. And he did like the battle cat as well as some other, you know, figures that weren't made for that line. Um, and there was like prototypes. So I don't know how he did it originally, if he got the prototypes and then was able to do them, but all these sorts of projects I was seeing on Instagram were really sparking my interest in the idea of, you know, taking some epoxy and, molding some stuff on a figure to make a new figure or 3d printing which i saw with like some of the vehicles and stuff and i was like well if i had this i could make this you know what i mean and i always have loved diy stuff so overall that is kind of what drew me into the 3d printing idea and i originally got like you know the scratch figure right scratch the cat like the yeah. very rare like most expensive turtle figure you can find um, i didn't know that part well, it's one of the most expensive ones. I don't know if it's the absolute rarest figure. I mean, it's, I think as far as like part of the original line, that was the most rare figure of the original line. So, mm. so anyways, I found a 3D model for this and I saw a couple people had printed it and I was like, oh, wow. I said, if I got a 3D printer, I could print myself my own $2,000 figure and not have to <laughs> spend the money, you know, because I have no interest in spending that kind of money on a toy. So anyways, that's the first thing I printed. I got, I got, um, that specific uh file and then i bought my 3d printer afterwards and that was the first figure i printed was scratch the cat that uh so i'm interested i'm full disclosure i know nothing about 3d printing and like you could probably guess that as when i was asking you like like I, we've had an exchange about how i wanted that giant rancor and so you can probably guess like i don't know much about 3d printing because i like I, in my head, I was like, oh, I want like a four foot Rancor. Like that would be awesome. But uh, that learning curve, how did you learn all the stuff that it took to 3D print and like figure out how you were going to go about it? So mainly just YouTube, YouTube University. I always tell everybody, if you want to try something, just get on YouTube. There's literally something out there for everybody. Somebody sharing their knowledge and yeah. I would recommend to anybody if they want to try it to get like an Ender 3 Pro or an Ender 3 version 2. It has a lot of, has a big community of people. There's Facebook groups that can help you troubleshoot if you have problems. There's a lot of like community support for that printer and it's a very affordable printer. So that's the first printer I got was an Ender 3 Pro. And I have links and stuff for this on my website. Like if anybody's really interested, of course, we'll plug this later. But anyways, like that is... Um, pretty much it youtube and there's forums there's there's like different facebook community groups that will give you tips if you're having trouble with your prints or anything like that when you that first figure so you're talking about that cat figure and you're trying to print i mean probably 375 on that first one right yes so the file itself was actually not a scan. It was a sculpture that a guy did that looked exactly like it. So I didn't know that. I could go ahead and print it just 100% normal scale, and it comes out like considerably taller. So I had to like do the math, and I had a buddy that had the figure, and I said, could you measure its foot for me and tell me what it is so I can scale this properly to be the exact size as the original? Yeah. Um, and this is before I knew that there was resin printers. Um, when I first, my first printer I got was a filament printer, which uses like a plastic and it's melting it and melting layers and adding them on just a little bit at a time. And 
the uh, resin printer is doing a completely different way, but it's far higher quality. Like it's dipping a build plate up and down into a vat of resin and curing it with a UV screen below it one layer at a time. So that one can do far higher quality. So if you want to do like mini action figures or little Dungeons and Dragons, little characters and things like that with very high detail, you would want a resin printer. And I didn't know that at first, but eventually I got one of those as well. And that's definitely better for doing like a three and three quarter figure. Yeah. So when you started doing that and you, is that the first time, cause you print that cat and it's a little bit bigger. Is that the first time you realize, oh, I can go way big with these things? Yes, yeah, sort of. Um, but when I first started, like, I mean, people have this misconception with 3D printing that it just prints it out, just like a piece of paper prints out, you know, whatever, you know, it's not very fast though. Like you're talking hours for even just like a small figure like that. You're talking yeah. like hours of waiting for just like one piece. It's like might be two hours and an arm might be like another hour and a half. Like, so to get a whole figure, you're looking at more than a day of printing. Um, and then I was like, you know, always nervous to let my printer run for that long because I was like, you know, because then you're talking about going into overnight prints where you're not going to be sitting there watching it or have someone nearby that can turn it off if it starts to go haywire. So that was the only concern I had at first. And after I did a couple of them that went through the night, you know, like I'd always be nervous and be like, oh, is my cat going to like knock this loose in the middle of the night and I'll wake up and it'll just be like spaghetti all over the bed, you know? <laughs> So, I mean, that was my only concern. And once I got over that fear, um, I started doing like the giant figures and like the scratch, the cat and the foot soldier, I think were the first two that I did. I think the foot soldier was the very first one because I thought that would be the most um, well-received, you know, like since it was kind of part of the original, you know, 10 back, you know, I thought that would be a cool one to have for somebody's collection if you had all the, you know, the original giant turtles. Yeah. Do you have one near you? Yes. Let me grab oh, that. Awesome. Well, actually, they're all kind of packed in a box, but this is this is the uh, basketball version. But yeah, they, they made these in the 90s. This is original. Beautiful. I love it. I love when you show yours and then you show pictures of or like videos of the ones that were made in the 90s because they look so clean, both of them. We interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Meanwhile, in a galaxy of bootleg treasures. DOV2, we have an engine failure! We must crash land on DKE Toy Planet! Oh my! We're doomed! Wait! Salvation! Hooray! We're saved, DOV2! Limited edition custom artist-made action figures and DKE Toys! Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures! DKE. Yeah, so that was kind of like this was the goal, you know, like they had these like giant figures that they made. They made Bebop Rocksteady, they made all the turtles, but I was like, you know, it'd be awesome if they had a foot stroller, it'd be awesome if they had Splinter, Shredder, you know, all the original 10 backs. So that was the original idea um, that kind of inspired to 3D print them that size. And once I realized it was possible, um, like the 3D print bed, it's about eight, eight inches by 10 inches by 10 inches tall. Okay. So you're kind of limited in a sense, unless you get into like 3D slicing things and chopping them into different pieces, which we'll, I'll bring up a little bit later with the uh, giant Android I can show you. Oh, yeah. Oh, so you, you're working on that thing looks amazing. It's huge. Yeah, it's going to be like three feet tall when it's done or just shy of it. I think the original was 11 inches and I scaled it to 300%. So that'll be um, a uh, three foot figure when it's all finished. Okay. So you are, as you're creating, I mean, cause that's intense to look at the original nineties, like the big ones and to just start going for it and walking through that process of like printing all night and everything. So I think, can we maybe pause on that part, but uh, from what we've talked about, thousands of DMS come into you of like, Hey, I want this. Can you make this? Or can I buy that? Do you want to describe to people like the real cost that goes into it and like all of that so that maybe when they listen, they don't send you a DM asking for it? 
<laughs> yeah, the biggest, the biggest, the biggest investment is time. Um, yeah. That's what I tell everybody. I don't have the time or the space to produce them for everybody, at least not as of now. I live in a tiny house in New Orleans. It's like a small cottage, so I really don't have the space to set up like a whole pretty 3D print farm. So right now, I just tell people, you know, these files are out there. You can go get a printer. You can do this yourself with a little bit of DIY. You know, uh, you got to get on YouTube. You got to watch a few videos. It's really not as hard as it would seem. Because when I first got into it, I was a little bit nervous. But like I said, YouTube has got everything. There's somebody showing how to set up and unbox this specific printer. There's somebody showing you how to calibrate this specific printer and how to go through with getting started yourself. You know, like, and I see a lot of people in the toy community are now getting them. Like, I feel like when I first did, there was a few people, but there wasn't as many as there is now like i feel like everybody was on their christmas list 3d printer mm -hmm. and now i'm seeing all sorts of people 3d printing giant figures and or even just doing like their own you know versions of custom figures they're using resin prints and then they're you know kit bashing different figures digitally yeah what's crazy is 3d printing i don't know if you like remember when 3d printing first came out like when we all started first hearing about it, it was so expensive and it was so far out of reach for all of us. And then it seems like over the last maybe five, 10 years, this is so achievable for everyone to have a 3D printer in your house, to have those little pens that 3D print everything. Yeah, the 3D pens, those are kind of neat. I was thinking about getting one just to like use up all the scraps because I have literally you know, probably two dozen spools of filament with just a tiny bit left. that's not really mm -hmm. big enough to make an entire figure from or a part of a giant figure. So those pens are pretty neat. Um, I think, yeah, like getting started, it's way less expensive than it was originally. Like I, I kind of just like looked and then looked away and forgot about it because it was so expensive at the beginning. But now I think I paid around 230 USD for my first printer and that you know it was a bit of a you had to save up a little bit but i mean it's definitely within reach for people you save a little bit you make some figures you sell some figures then you can make your next investment in your business a 3d printer for your business you know it's definitely doable as a hobbyist even yeah so you create that first giant one which you said was the foot soldier correct yeah i'll show it to you it's right here oh my gosh this is like show and tell so i'm so excited about this oh it's massive yeah, and I have the original right here. I can show you. Did you? So you painted the massive one, correct? Yep. I yep. I three D print them and paint them, and I can show you one also that hasn't been painted yet. These are these are made out of PLA, which is a type of three D print filament. It's like a plastic. I think it's mostly made of corn, but it has like a low melting temperature, and it extrudes yeah. well from the machines, and that's what kind of like the industry standard is for 3d printing it's the most affordable it's the size you of also your torso have... yeah yeah it's a big figure <laughs> um i think i wasn't happy because obviously these giant figures like the giant turtles they were they're not exactly they're, they were kind of bulked up a little bit even when they yeah. blew them up they also bulked the size of the extremity so i don't like the size of the head in comparison to the turtle so i think i went a little larger than what okay. it would have been it's a yeah. little bit taller than the than donatello here if you look at them side by side oh just and it's like the perfect size because that's the type of toy i would have wanted as a kid something like that and that's actually a fun fact about this figure in general the, the foot soldier originally was made too tall uh the original sculptor scott henzi he talked about it in another podcast i listened to about how basically they came and told him hey this figure's too tall um it needs to fit within the bubble all the bubbles are going to be standard. We, we can't have the figure any taller. So all Scott Henze did was just bend bend them over and kind of hunch them <laughs> into this position. Yeah. I love the same that. with Shredder. You see Shredder with like that kind of like bent crouched pose. Like that was also another thing. That was the reason because he wouldn't fit inside the packaging. So rather than re-sculpting, Scott Henze just took and like kind of put them into a crouch position to make them fit the bubble. So you create that and I'm assuming you document the process on Instagram and you show that you've painted it and everything. What was that first reception? Let's talk about that. Was it huge? Yeah, it actually was like uh, people went crazy. I got a, I got probably a hundred DMs. People asked me, oh, please make me a foot soldier. Would you make me one? Will you, will you, you know, and I just got my inbox was flooded and I said, you know what? No, like I do not have the time. <laughs> yeah. I work a full, I work a full-time job. Like, 
I, this is just a side hobby right now. And I've literally just encouraged people to go get their own printer because it's going to be more affordable because you're talking like two weeks of solid printing for a giant figure. It's not yeah. like an overnight process. There's a little bit of a learning curve about how to, you know, get your settings right on your printer. Um, I definitely recommend people like watch the videos, Google the questions you have about like extrusion and like temperatures and, and, you know, getting your bed perfectly level and things like that. I see a lot of people struggling and I'm always willing to answer questions. If you got just a quick question about what setting this is or how to do whatever you can, you can DM me that I'll answer that. I usually respond to any DM I get. So, but if it's about wanting a giant figure, the answer is no, I only, um, uh, do the raffles right now that's kind of what i've done since the beginning the very first one i raffled was a giant version of Muckman and joe eyeball and how successful when you first started doing the raffles what do you was it like that one was going crazy because now you're giving those things away yeah well it, yeah so it was it actually it was a we did it we did it as a raffle like with uh with it was like a ten dollar buy-in so it wasn't free um okay. I, I tried to cover my time because i put like two weeks of printing and then you got you know i use an epoxy glaze coat on top of it for that then i sand it and then i paint it prime it paint it you know like there's a lot of time that goes into these so yeah i think it i think we did the first one was um 500 in total with i think we did 50 entries at ten dollars a piece limit three per per uh, person so it couldn't be just bought out by somebody and i really wanted to make it so all these people that were asking would have a shot at it at least you know what i mean because that to me was important to offer it to the instagram community um i offered you know worldwide shipping you know you'd have to pay the difference from american shipping whatever on top of the normal domestic shipping would be you have to pay that if you were to win outside the states but that was the original uh price we set on the TMNT collector on Instagram does a show and tell show. And that's what we, that's what I did it through. I went on his show, Dave over there in Canada. And we, we did the first raffle that way. And um, it's actually in mm -hmm. Illinois. Now a guy named uh, really chopped has it in his collection. He's the one that won the raffle. Jeez, That's to, and to get that in the mail. Cause it, does it come apart? The. Yes. Yes. So the joints, the joints are like, kind of like oh, pegs they're beautiful so this is this is pla and you know sometimes people have trouble getting these to pop into place sometimes yeah. i'll just heat it with heat it with hot water or boiling water for half a second and then it makes it a little easier to pop pop the arm joint into place yeah beautiful so it's easier to ship it comes apart that's incredible that now someone has so how many of the raffles have you done so far uh, not very many. Um, in fact, I've kind of promised this foot soldier to uh, Dave, the TMNT collector, for hosting the raffles. Um, and he's always gone crazy for this one when I first posted it. So I did kind of promise this one to him. But overall, <laughs> I, I do not make them for people. But Dave is somebody who's definitely been super supportive of my work and always shown it on show and tell and, you know, helped me do the raffles. So he's someone I am going to hook up with one. Um, and I forgot what your question was. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're good. I I'm interested in. So now that we we've covered how incredible these things are and you print and you, uh, you don't, so there's a scarcity too, right? You're creating only a few, if at most, and they're for your collection or they're for the raffle. And then we've talked a little bit about you joining into the toy community. What does it look like to merge those two? like the 3D printing, the giant scale, and then also a little bit of the bootleg toy community. So I love the idea of getting into the bootleg toy community. Um, I've listened to quite a bit of your podcast also. And Thank you. just, yeah, yeah, I actually quite enjoy it. I enjoy the commercials that Chicken Burger Disco <laughs> has done. Like it's, it's very entertaining. Um, yeah. It's easy to listen to when I'm at work or driving home from work. I'll throw on one of your episodes and I do like hearing all about all these different artists. And I know that the designer toy thing is way bigger than I ever thought it was. I mean, I, I search a lot of those hashtags like bootleg toys or anything like that and kind of just go through and look at them because it's the most amazing hashtag to flip through on your phone. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's just so many creative ideas. It's, it's like, you know, it's like so addictive almost <laughs> yeah. to look at those hashtags, which I know nobody really uses hashtags anymore, but that's really the only way I find a lot of these artists um, like Suck Lord or, you know, I'm trying, I can't even think of all the names. One of my good friends that actually helped me out originally 
is really into the bootleg toy thing. Epoxy Crusader, he's in yeah. Mexico City. Um, yeah, so Luis there in Mexico City, he's helped me a lot. Like when I first started that Android project, it started with just a crappy phone scanning app on my uh, on my phone, and the scan was terrible. Um, that was me attempting to make that giant Android with a phone scanner, and it did not work. So Luis or whatever in Mexico, Epoxy Crusader, he he actually reached out to me after like I posted something saying, "Does anybody can anybody help me do this project? I need help." you know, refining the scan or adding details or anything like that. He reached out to me and offered his help. And he's a great dude. Uh, probably one of my best friends on Instagram. He definitely uh, is super knowledgeable in the 3D stuff, as well as resin casting and bootleg toy making and all that. And he's kind of the one that introduced me into the bootleg toy scene in a way. Like I got to followed his page and all his random creative ideas he's come up with. And he's always been willing to share ideas and we've collaborated on a few projects. So that was kind of my entrance into that world. And to be honest, it's great. I love looking at the card back art. I love seeing the different ideas people come up with. Of, I mean, it's the most clever stuff you'll find. It's, yeah. it's really, it's really great. Yeah. You know, it's, it is a weird, um, it's a weird form of art that I've grown to love, right? Like I've only, this is my second year being in it and I, I've fallen in love 100% with it and making toys and doing all that. Um, what is interesting is there is a desire. So uh, I'll do custom toys when people ask and I usually just turn another figure into them and that's, and they love that. And that's like, that's part of it. There's been a couple, however, that have said, oh, I want it to look like me, which the, getting a face like that's unreal. So I think the cool part for the custom toys like that, the resin printing and the sculpting and 3D printing, those merge perfectly. And it's so it's a beautiful like thing. And then having someone like Desert Octopus, who is just mobilizing every talent that they have. It's just an incredible, like they, they blend so well. It's such a cool way to see it. Yeah. Like the number of guys doing like desert octopus mainly does like the star Wars figures, maybe some wrestling, yeah. but he, his whole like kind of goal is to like basically immortalize all the vintage toys and make it so you can make remake them with your 3d printer at your house pretty much. And yeah, those guys are doing some awesome work. There's another couple on the same website called 3d, um, Maltita Yoko, he's one I shout out a lot. He's made a lot of the Turtles files that are on there for people to print. Um, and I'm trying to think of a few others. My, my buddy Next Sunday Ad, he actually does scanning as well. And he's actually the one that helped me do the Krang. Uh -huh. Love that. That's that's his name or whatever. Um, Sean, he helped me do the scanning for the Krang figure. And he, him and I have collaborated on some projects as well because – he owns a lot of the uh, vintage toys himself and can scan them. So when you can't find the, I think that's a cool piece too. When you can't find someone that has either sculpted it or you can't find the file, do you have to find someone that has a really good 3D scanner that can take care of it for you? Yeah, so 3D scanners are not cheap. Uh, I think the one that, you know, Sean uses or the one, I think it's the same one I've looked at is around $1,200. So oh. it's not a cheap scanner. And yeah. unless you plan on doing a lot of this, there's really no need for it, but he does do scanning for people. If you reach out to him, you know, he'll, you know, he's very affordable. Um, I'm not, I don't remember what his rates are right now, but you could reach out to him through DM message and he still does scanning for people. Yeah. Which is beautiful. I, I have grown um, to love more, uh, uh, have you seen Toysaholics? Do you know that name? No. So they do a lot of, um, he does a lot of 3D uh, or resin printing. And um, he is so interested. We've had a lot of conversations. He wants me to make us whole, a series on just 3D printing and stuff on Toys on Tap. And he talks like, he has descriptions of like different people that are doing sculpting. And the sculpting is insane. Like Tyler Ham does it. You have Desert Octopus. You have people that are uh, Motley Creations. It's just so beautiful in how they're like creating these things. Yeah, the digital sculpting thing is something I actually was super interested in as well. And I actually got an iPad kind of just for that reason. Um, 
I know that the kind of the industry standard program is ZBrush. Um, if you yeah. talk to like Varner, Varner Studios or any of the, like the Varner Studios was the original sculptors for the Ninja Turtles. They, I reached out to them early on when they started, started up their Instagram and they were telling me, you know, you should get ZBrush. And I looked it up. It was like a thousand dollar program, one time purchase, but I was like, you know, that's a bit steep for me. So yeah. Um, and I also wanted to do video editing for my Instagram and stuff. So I ended up going with an iPad instead with the pen. I know that's pretty expensive as well, but there was like a $10 or $20 app that does sculpting on there. That's actually pretty good mm -hmm. called Forger. And there's another one called Nomad and they're pretty affordable apps that are only like 15 or $20. And that's the route I decided to go, but there's those programs are getting a lot of support and there's a lot, a lot of, um, very powerful tools on them sidestepping on that they also have on the computer if you don't have want to spend any money they have a free program called mesh mixer which is what i do a lot of the articulation with on for the giant figures so like i'll show you this giant uh giraffe here the, that figure is incredible yeah so this is uh this is the uh giraffe uh what the heck is his name half court yeah yeah, but anyways, this one had this neck feature that could pull out of its body. So Sean scanned this one for me, and I still have to, like, figure it out. I was going to use one of those, like, little plunger uh, syringe-type things to use oh, as the yeah. neck feature so I could come in and out of the body. But, yeah, making these giant ones, you have a little bit more flexibility for coming up with how to make the function, make the functionality. These pins I actually 3D printed and digitally made these joints because I was talking about Mesh Mixer. Yeah, which is a free pro a free program. Um, there's not too many tutorials on how to use it, but like I said, my buddy Epoxy Crusader, he knew a little bit about how to use it. You meet different people, you can ask questions to that kind of know how to use some of these programs. But it's completely free, and you can actually digital sculpt in that. Um, we interrupt this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this Earth Two Aliens have landed, Earthling. I want lowbrow art and bootleg toys. Toys, 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 toys. When you come to the right place, Earth to Kentucky is a shop for folks who love vintage sci-fi, lowbrow, and art bootleg toys. Toys, 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 toys. They're located over there at 836 Main Street, Covington, Kentucky. Toys, toys, toys. They carry original art, vintage action figures, designer bootleg toys, and toys, 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 and t-shirts. Designed exclusively for their store by some of their favorite artists. Thank you, Earthling. I enjoy Earth to Kentucky. I have all my favorite bootleg art toys. Toys. Hey, look at that over there! It's a spaceship! Yeah. I need to go now. Someone's filming me in my spaceship. Shop now. www.earthtokentucky.com That's earth2kentucky.com Or just land your spaceship when they're open. Wow. And there's a, and another recommendation for people just getting started would be Tinkercad. That is an amazing free program. It's probably the most intuitive CAD program I've ever used. It doesn't require a download. You do it right in the browser. You can take and like, you know, make basic geometries and and you could even take like a Adobe Illustrator vector file of like a very complex shape mm -hmm. and you can bring that in there and extrude that into three dimensions. So that it's a super powerful program that's super awesome. Like that's, I recommend those two programs to anybody just wanting to get started and they don't have the money for an iPad or or ZBrush, Tinkercad, and Mesh Mixer. Those two programs are completely free and a good starting point for anybody looking to just dive into the 3D world. Not to mention Thingiverse, a website that's full of 3D models, completely free. I think two things stand out to me right now. You are doing something that I admire always in the toy community. Um, and when I come up against people that don't do this, it's, I struggle with them. You're willing to just give out every like bit of information to say like, this is how you do it. Because I think if this is going to continue, like the people that have learned how to do it kind of have to help the newer people. And so that's, I love that. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's kind of just reciprocating. I've met so many people online that I've asked questions to about how to do resin casting or how to do this or you know you give specific questions about processes and almost everybody online in this toy community is yeah. willing to share information so it's just about giving back and to be honest i have no fear i mean <laughs> of like somebody else wanting to make giant ninja turtles i mean people have already started yeah. to make bunches of them like there's lots of people in the tmnt customizers that now print and make them and i mean i don't have the time to make them so <laughs> yeah <laughs> like if somebody else wants to make their own like i have 
no worry about that. You know what I mean? I'm willing to share information. It's not hurting me in any way. You know, if anything, it just helps the toy community grow, which helps grow everybody's audiences in the first place. Absolutely. And then the second thing that gets me is sometimes you do prints and I, I want to say it's probably because you're running out. It's just whatever filament you have on hand. They have that bootleg aesthetic or the prototype aesthetic. And I'm so drawn to it. The different colored arms or the different color. It's just an amazing look. Yeah. So, I mean, that's definitely something you don't want to do when you're 3D printing is run out of filament. So yeah. a lot of times if it looks like, and I've gotten pretty good at gauging it now. And some of the filament spools actually have like a little marker that shows you how many grams you have left on it on the wheel itself. Um, so I have a pretty good idea. And if you go to slice it, which is part of the process of 3D printing, you slice whatever model you're going to print first in a software, which is a slicer software. So I, to somebody who doesn't know about 3D printing, it's kind of confusing. But basically, that's the step before you print. You put it into this slicer software, you slice it and basically make it into a code that the 3D printer can read. Yeah. If that makes sense. So that once you slice it, like it'll tell you how many grams of filament it's going to use. And so you kind of have an idea. So I might have spools of whatever leftover laying around. I might have just a little bit, a half a spool of red, half a spool of blue, whatever. And it might not have been enough to finish the torso of this figure, but it could do its leg. So, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, so I'll just swap it out and figure it out, you know, with what I have. I always try to use whatever I have and not buy more if I don't have to. I knew that something um, that I was excited to have you on and that this was going to be a good interview because when we were messaging about the Rancor that I wanted to have created, the last message was like, hey, you might just want to do this yourself because it's going to cost you thousands of dollars if I do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wouldn't have been cheap just because of the amount of time. And I think we were looking, most of the, most of the giant figures I do might use a spool and a half of filament. I think yeah. that was like, I think that was like three going on three plus spools of filament to make that rancor the size you were talking about. You said like 18 to 20 inches. So I was like, and the girth of that thing, like yeah. that would be a lot of filament, even with the very, I mean, that's another thing is you can change the infill settings on your print, but you don't want to go too low because then you'll weaken your print. If you, if you don't use enough infill and it could crush your break easy, you know what I mean? So I usually use around 20% infill on my figures, which with PLA, it's still pretty light. I mean, this is probably about, just under a pound yeah maybe pound and a half which is crazy because it's so big yeah yeah and so pla is very light and then you got to remember that inside this is like a honeycomb pattern of triangles where it's not filling it in all the way just yeah. the very outer shell is solid so that's that's kind of like something if you're not into 3d printing you won't understand until you print something but there's lots of videos you can go watch a, you they're actually quite boring to watch a 3d printer go but some people yeah. are fascinated because they've never seen it before. And then the, and like, and I, the more that I've talked to other people about it, it's like full disclosure, the 18 to 20 inches for the Rancor, that was the base level for me. Like I had, I had like goals in my head of like, oh, this thing is going to be like six feet tall. And just like, I'm going to have to slowly slice and print each piece. Yeah, and that's kind of what I did with the Android body. It's literally just the two pieces I showed you in the head. That yeah. that was like that was like a three day print for just one quarter of that upper part of that torso, which is crazy. That's so crazy. Which was still above the cabin that holds Krang, which would be below that. And that I my buddy Epoxy Crusader once again helped me slice that because this is early on. I didn't know how to do any of these programs like Mesh Mixer, and he was able to share his knowledge and help with a lot of the projects. So. Um, that is something that you realize because people are going to be, oh, my printer's not big enough. I can't do that. Well, if you take and slice it into a thousand pieces, you could print whatever size you wanted to. Yeah. In theory. Here's the weird question that I have. And maybe this is simple, but you can help me with it. When you slice it and you have cut, like for the Android, you cut the chest pieces. How do you put them back together? Is there a specific thing that you have to use? Um, so I just use super glue, um, okay. or CA glue, CA glue it's called where it uses like an activator and it dries like instantaneously. Cause I'm kind of like a DIY woodworker guy too. So that sort of, that sort of stuff was something I already had knowledge of, but it works really well with PLA. Um, and I also put a glaze coat on top of everything, which is, um, it's a two-part epoxy 
that you would use for like a bar top in a restaurant. And mm. I used to work for a restaurant company doing maintenance. So I was familiar with that product. And, you know, like, cause they make like a version that's specifically for 3d prints, but it was super expensive for just a tiny amount. I can get a gallon of this stuff at Lowe's for like 70 bucks, a yeah. gallon kit. And that goes a lot further. And I just brush a tiny amount on to cover the layer lines because if you look at this PLA, you can see like there's, it's probably hard to tell, but there's a little bit of texture to the print and I yeah. want them to be super smooth. So I use like a two-part epoxy and coat the entire figure with that before I do any priming or painting. And then you have to resand the whole thing to like give it a scruff to the epoxy. Yeah, yeah. To give the to get the primer to here, you got to scuff it up just a little bit because it is like a glossy finish. That is just what you're doing is insane. So I'm excited for when you do create your bootleg figure, and I'm excited to if you at some point the hope is that you make a giant version of your bootleg figure if that's where you're headed. Yeah, I have I've thought of that. I mean. I don't know how much, I mean, how much somebody loves the idea of my figure. I mean, I've had some different collectors want to trade for it, you know, yeah. and I was like, I don't know how well received, but um, uh, the question you asked earlier was how many raffles I'd done. I had forgot what you had said. Um, so I've done both Muckman and Mondo Gecko. I've only done two raffles and okay. it's something that um, I really, I, I have more ready than I could raffle right now. I guess I'm just sort of like, you know, I kind of, kind of like them, you know, you, you, you print yeah. them and you paint them and then you kind of get attached to them. You don't want to let them go. Like the foot soldier, the TMNT collector has been asking me to mail to him for a while. I'm going to make him a custom uh, knife and like a stand to go with it so he can display it a certain kind of way. So yeah, there's part of me that's has a hard time letting them go, but yeah, if money gets tight, sure. Sure. It's, you can, you can bet that I'm going to put one up for sale. Yeah, absolutely. I think what is cool about it is it's, my favorite thing about art is when it's achievable. Like there's pieces out there that I'd love to have. I just can't afford them, but a raffle ticket of 10 bucks, I can get that. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was the whole thought behind it was, you know, I can still get paid for my work that, you know, there's endless hours of printing and painting going into these things. And I said, when people, when people asked me to make them, I said, you know, go do this process and you'll understand why the cost is what it is. <laughs> Cause it's yeah. not, it's not something you do overnight and it's not something you just skim right through. There's a lot of steps and, you know, sometimes things break and you got to reprint it or the print fails. I mean, there's a lot of frustrations that come with this stuff. So I tell people that want to get into it, just be prepared that it's not as fast as you think it's going to be and be prepared for failures. And you're going to have to learn from them and figure it out, you know? So overall, it's still well worth getting into and you can do a lot of things with these things they will pay for themselves my printers have all paid for themselves making and printing random things for people and it's definitely a good way just for a little side hustle absolutely so um what is this is my one of my favorite questions to ask artists and uh especially someone that's like newly entering into the toy scene more what is in the next future parts what are you hoping to do with dimension x toys so I really like sort of like t-shirts and I like, um, I just started doing like these trading card similar to like the, the, the original 89, uh, oh, yeah. trading cards. So right. I, know, I like, I like doing collaborations with people. I like working with different Ninja Turtles artists and, uh, coming up with different ideas of things people might want to collect. And I mean, that sort of stuff as well as, um, more giant figures, more, more like, I'd like to do a full run of like that Don DeLorean figure, at least like 20 figures or something. It's going to be kind of complex. So it's going to take me a while to complete it. I want to do like a, uh, so I got the Don DeLorean, which is like, you know, like the Mandalorian figure with Donatello mashed together. And then I'm going to do my buddy, uh, Poxy Crusader's idea was to do uh, Splinter as the child, right? As Yoda. Yeah. So you got the little master inside the little the little uh, turtle eggshell type Beautiful. thing hovering beside him, and then and then I had the idea to do uh, Shredder and Carbonite. So like you'd have Shredder kind of just like reached out with his hands coming yeah. out in the Carbonite, which which is another idea I got from another guy online, um, Collector it was Collector Thirty Four. I think he changed his name though. He's he's underneath a different name now, but he did some Ninja Turtles Star Wars mashups. So he did I think Mike Solo or you know michelangelo solo in carbonite i love that i know there's another artist that does 
Ninja Turtles stuff. It is uh, a Hemo. Yeah, he's kind of like the he's kind of like one of the top the top guys in the Ninja Turtle customs. Uh, I think if you were to ask almost anybody in the turtle community if they'd heard of a Hemo, they have, you know, and everybody yeah. kind of wants sort of like the suck lord of Ninja Turtles. Yep. Uh, customizers, you know, he's definitely a big name and he has a lot of great stuff. I actually don't own any of his pieces, but uh, it's something I eventually would probably like to save up for. Yeah, that's a, that's incredible. So last part of the podcast, as we also, as a, a side note, I do have a, a mashup of um, turtle idea that I'll talk to you after we're done closing this out and see what you think about it. I've wanted to make it as a small version, but we'll figure out. Um, but the last part of the podcast is all about the artist plugging everything about you, where we can find you if we want to connect all those things. If you're on another podcast, all kinds of things. So go ahead. This is your time. Plug away. Okay. So mostly just on Instagram, Dimension X Toys. I also have a TikTok. Um, my website is dimensionxtoys.com. It's just a simple Google site. I put a couple links on there for my T public, for my t-shirts and uh, stuff like that. Um, but mostly everything I do is just through Instagram. Um, I definitely like to shout out again, my friend, Epoxy Crusader, my friend next Sunday ad, uh, Sean. Love it. And I'll, I'll send you the links for these guys. If you want to tag them in this, um, and Al Jedi, Al Jedi Knight, um, the artist in Chile that does pretty much all the designs that I've put on my t-shirts. Um, so that's really it. I mean, I love to collaborate with people. If you got any ideas, always shoot them my way. And I'm definitely willing to collaborate on projects. I always have about a thousand going at any given time. And that's really it. I mean, uh, appreciate you giving me the chance to come on here. Toys on Tap. Next episode. It's great. It's amazing. You're going to want to listen to it. It's not right now, though. You're going to have to wait till the next episode to listen to it. Oh, when's that? The next one. Cool. Toys on Tap. The next one's going to be good, too. So stay tuned and, and, and listen to that. Toys on Tap. Awesome.